0: everyone and welcome to how to be me again. This is the podcast where we talk about how to take care of ourselves because we don't know how. I'm Kristen and I'm
1: Maddie and this is the last episode of our physical
0: experiment yeah, how to be With, active
1: yeah how to be active I can't, I still can't remember what we've called <laughs> like physical active whatever
0: whatever it's all yeah. the same thing just get moving yeah, yeah in some exactly. way or another
1: that's it that's it <laughs>
0: and it's our um, last experiment before the end it's the last one for the is. year
1: yeah yeah which is like a bigger deal that I'm probably giving it credit for because like we started this a long time ago. <laughs> I know. Right? We've been going for a while now. I know our yeah. first experiment ran for the, for the span of what several experiments would. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had but some technical
0: difficulties. We did. <laughs> but
1: we overcame those. Yeah. I think that was an experiment in and of itself that it didn't was. really get as much airtime as it deserved.
0: Yeah. Um, but
1: <laughs> yeah, it's kind of exciting to be at the end of the year and like look back and you know, when it was when that first experiment took so long, it was like, oh, are we ever going to get onto another one? And now I've yeah. just been busting through them. And I'm like, oh, we're on, you know, this one's over. And yeah, I mean, it's the thing is, though, here's the thing I've learned is that these experiments, I kind of think of them like, um, so I am full in, you know, small child raising territory Mm -hmm. and one of the things that happens with babies is they go through these things called neurological leaps which i can't remember if i've actually mentioned on the podcast before but there are 10 of them that happen in the space of the first 18 months i think it is and when a child's going through a neurological leap or just a leap they are extremely sensitive and tend to be really moody and like I've got this app called the Wonder Weeks. If any parents out there are looking for it, you got to download it. Yes, it costs $10. It's totally worth it. Maybe it's 20, can't remember. Anyway, and it, it'll show you on the calendar, like a, a little period that's kind of colored in orange and it's got a storm cloud. And it's like, <laughs> it's going to be a stormy week. <laughs> but then like weeks later, it's got like a, a cloud with like a sun coming out of it. So it's like, that's when your kid's like really happy. And it's crazy how like, how accurate it are. is? Yeah, wow, super aligned.
0: I was so, going to make a joke and say that my entire life has been a neurological leap. <laughs> I've always been sensitive. There's always a bit of a yeah, rain cloud there. Somewhere. There's always a rain cloud. <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah so I think that's what ends up becoming like menstrual cycles and like <laughs> yeah, you probably. know, like hormones just like come and like take over the neurological leaps. Yeah. Uh, we're taking it from here and buys, yeah. but, <laughs> but yeah. So with a neurological leap, like one of the first ones is like um, contrast. So like black and white, you know, little babies oh, like love yeah. black and white. But the thing is they say at the end of every leap, like they didn't learn it. Like it's not done. It's like tick. They've learned that mm. thing. They've just newly acquired it and they will continue to learn more and more of it for years to come. And so yeah. I kind of feel like that's accurate of our experiments because yeah we keep coming back and talking about intentionality and emotional yeah. stuff and no doubt we're c- talking about physical stuff and yeah. I think they build on one another absolutely we kind of like learn new things about past experiments through the new experiments that are like on oh, these new lightning bolt moments yeah. or light bulb moments of like oh if I'd known this during that experiment how would it have been different and
0: yeah, yeah. that's so true because I think mm. that that's like every time I go through anything, I'm thinking, oh, that would tie in so perfectly with that experiment. And then I kind of feel like, oh, but we've already done that experiment. I'm like, but that's not the point. Like, that's not how life yeah. works. Just because you did it for four weeks doesn't mean that it stops now. It just means that you yes. can build on it because you've created that awareness and you, you've you kind of created that foundation for it. And now it's your job to keep building on it and see it every time it pops up anywhere else, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, and I also think like you know, who knows down the track if we don't come back and do the same experiment again? And I think,
0: mm, yeah, I mean, exactly. maybe
1: maybe we won't because it's content for a like <laughs> like for right. a podcast. However, yeah. I would be saying to people who are doing the experiments that, like, you know, you could come back and do these when you feel like, oh, I've kind of lost track a little bit. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Like, you know,
1: yeah. when you lose track, you kind of come back and like, well, I'm gonna intentionally do mm-hmm. a four week experiment around this thing, and it might be to kind of reinvigorate you in in terms of that particular type of self-care or or it might be because you're adding a new type of self-care like yeah treat the experiments in a way that works best for you like for your own and I think too
0: like we change so much that you could go back to something and like view it through a totally different lens it's kind of like it's kind of like when you're an adult and you watch like cartoons that you watched when you were a kid and you see stuff in there that you're like I, I did not even notice that when I was a kid and that was definitely an adult joke that was put in there for the parents that were watching it or whatever. And you have this whole different understanding of it that was, you never picked up on before. And I think that that's just what we do in our lives. If you go back to certain things, you'll understand it in a different way from a different viewpoint, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I was thinking this last week about, because Greg is back home now Mm -hmm. and so for me, I've kind of struggled and he's like super burnt out because he's been working yeah. like six, seven days a week. Like, you know, there's one man
1: that needs a self-care experiment.
0: <laughs> exactly. And I've <laughs> been telling him, I'm like, you need rest right now. Like you, yeah. it's okay for you to rest. You need to give yourself permission. Like even today, like he's lying in bed watching TikToks right now, but. Oh, good for him. But I kind of forced him where I'm like, it's okay <laughs> to do that because he was trying to like get all this, um, you know, like paperwork done. He has to deal with some of his finances back in South Africa, like some of that stuff done. And he was getting so frustrated when he was sitting at his computer. Like I was trying to get work done in the office and he's sitting there just swearing at his computer. And I'm like, what is going on over there? Like, you're so angry and you're so frustrated. And he's like, I'm so tired. I can't even understand what is happening in these emails. Like, Mm. and I don't want to deal with it. And every fiber of my being just doesn't want to deal with it. And I said, So don't deal with it. Like, what's the worst that can happen if you went and just rest right now, like rested right Mm. now. But it was like he had to give himself permission to just take the time that he needed but he feels like oh, he's not being productive if he's just sitting there watching TikToks, right? And I'm like, yes. no, you're being productive because you're going to send me the funny TikToks. You're going to curate my TikToks so that I can see the good ones. It's <laughs> exactly. very productive. It's a very important job he's got.
1: <laughs> and he needs some non-productive time. Yeah. Like It's just
0: been like, go, go, go. Exactly. He needs rest. Yeah. Yeah. But it is hard to shift from when you're constantly busy and you're constantly working. Like, I know I had that when we first, when I first stopped working, mm. I was like, okay, what next? I should be, like, the only way to be productive is to be sitting here at my laptop working away, yes. you know, because it's so ingrained in you that that's what productivity looks like, you know?
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we were talking about this in maybe last episode. I can't mm. even remember now, but just like, oh we were, because weren't we talking about like, to look at your phone is not considered productive, but right, yeah, you know. But to sit at the computer for X number of hours apparently is productive, exactly.
0: And, yeah, but doing what? Like what exactly? What like, exactly? Exactly. But also,
1: who's who? Like more and more so. It's too. a
0: relative term. Productivity is relative. It <laughs>
1: is, and, but, <laughs> yeah. and pr- productive for who? Like mm-hmm. who are we trying to impress? Because. I don't know. I, I I mean, in my world, it's been myself, in which case it's like, do I care this much? No, exactly. like I need to adjust.
0: Yeah. Like look where it's coming from. Right. Yeah, yeah
1: exactly. But then yeah. even to question, and I mean, I'm a questioner, so this is yeah. easy for me to say. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but <laughs> even to question like, wh- okay, boss, why yeah. do you want this? Like, what, what about me sitting there for eight hours makes you comfortable or the company comfortable? Like, yeah. I think more of us need to be questioning it, especially now that we're all working from home, especially now, like to go, okay, but what's more important here that I get the stuff done Mm -hmm. or that I've sat at my computer for
0: eight hours? Well, that's the thing. I think most people have started questioning it, which is why you see so many people changing careers right now and they can't find people to do really shitty jobs because nobody wants to do it anymore. They realize there's another way to live. Yeah, There's another way to achieve these things that we need in life, like- yeah, it's There's always though, more than like, one way to do something.
1: <laughs> absolutely. And it, but I think it's interesting because I was having this conversation on the weekend. I was staying with some friends who both work in tech companies and one of the friends works in the same tech company as my husband, Thinkific, which is like a course platform. Mm-hmm. And I, so when Rory went and took the job at Thinkific, I was really like very uh sad and disappointed because I had like pinned all my hopes and dreams on this idea that we would both left our jobs we were working for ourselves and we would never ever go back to an employment situation mm-hmm. financially and life-wise it just wasn't working out and so you know Rory took the job and I tell you what I would never have been as happy as I've been now with uh that situation had it not been for just how fantastic a work environment Think mm. kind of a i curated. Mm-hmm. And we were really talking about it over the weekend because so um, the other company that this friend of mine was working for are quite performative in the way mm. that they, you know, say that they're um, so, so for instance, one example was like, uh, they're really supporting um, indigenous Uh, Canadians, for instance, Mm -hmm. and they wanted to give everyone the opportunity to take the reconciliation day that happened recently in November off if they wanted to, but they weren't giving it to them, it would come off their leave. And so it's like, uh, yeah. Are you really supporting it? Like that's <laughs> yeah. that's not the same.
0: Not and if you're punishing people by taking away a vacation day. <laughs> that's it, exactly. Like yeah. it, because
1: then it's actually putting it onto the employees. Well, how much do you love
0: Indigenous yeah.
1: Canadians? Like yeah. you know, and yeah. it's just passing the buck. But I've been really, really impressed. Like, think if it, they so they have an open, uh, a fully open vacation policy. So. They really are happy for you to take as much leave as you want provided it doesn't um like hinder your team that you're a part of. Right. And they did a survey recently that found that on average their employees are taking between 4 and 5 weeks a year, which is pretty high like Yeah, that's pretty for an good. Australian. Yeah, well especially in Canada I think the average is like uh, uh,
0: no, it's normal
1: to get 2 or 3 weeks leave. Three yeah, weeks. I
0: think it's pretty common to get 2 weeks and 3 weeks is like Pretty good, kind of special, yeah. Mm. So
1: the fact that that's like one or two weeks more, yeah. Four weeks in Australian is is in Australia is the normal. So okay, the fact that um,
0: this is what it should be, I think. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, somewhere absolutely, yeah. But also,
1: that's their average. So people, some people are taking a lot more, yeah. Right? Some people are taking less, yeah. Um, but I was really impressed to hear that because the thing is, they can't have that kind of pos- policy without trust, and this right. is what I feel like the stumbling block of so many businesses are when they want to become more progressive is they don't trust their employees. So they try to be progressive, but they put in all these stipulations and things to protect themselves. Yeah. Actually hinder and, you know, um, damage the relationships they have with their employees. (laughs) I don't know where I was going with this other than to say like, (laughs) we need to trust people (laughs) to, you know, like to, to you know, I I just think it's been a real interesting experiment for me to uh, observe Think if it trust their people, and in turn, their people are trustworthy.
0: Yeah, you know. Yeah, I think it's like that. Like, don't assume the worst right off the bat. You yeah, know that maybe exactly. it'll work out for you. I'm a very cynical person, so I have a hard time doing that. But <laughs> I are think that's really? also are you cynical? <laughs> yeah, i was super cynical. Are you? I don't feel like I know that about you. Oh, really? Oh my gosh! I used to have nicknames. Like my old boss used to like, <laughs> like he would ask my advice about. When I worked in corporate bankruptcy, I'd go into all the meetings with him to meet with these business owners who needed to, like, file for bankruptcy or whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'd always leave these meetings being like, that guy just fucking lied to us, like, right to our faces, (laughs) like... He for sure stole a ton of money from these people or from the business or whatever, right? And he yeah. would be like, you are so cynical. So he's uh, like, oh, what does cynical Kristen have to say about this thing, this situation? So I'd be like, hey, you asked my opinion. Here's what it is. And I would be <laughs> right. Like, I think 99% of the time I was right about wow. things. There was one, one company specifically, one company owner, business owner that he... He would cry in the meetings all the time. He was an investor and he stole a bunch of money from a bunch of old people. Yeah, that was real fun. Um, So he was an idiot, but um, he would cry in the meetings all the time and be like, I never meant for this to happen, blah, 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 all this stuff. And my boss totally... Like Order. felt bad for the guy. He's like this poor guy. He really did try hard, and it was just bad circumstances. I was like, "Are you, are you kidding me?" Like that he knew full well what he was doing, and he's only sad because he got caught. Like that's his definition the of a con thing. artist, right? Exactly. There. Yeah. <laughs> and so as we like, we were working on this file for over a year, and as we progressed through every step of the way it became more and more clear that this guy was just a complete con artist Wow! and my boss was like, oh, you were right. Like he kept coming back to like these initial conversations that I had. I'm like, what did I say after our very first meeting with this guy? Wow. I was like, he's lying about almost everything and turned out he was lying about almost everything. Gosh. So yeah, I had a, that's funny. I actually
1: have a couple of cynical. con artists in my life. Like
0: yeah, my
1: husband's father is like, the epitome of a oh, con yeah. artist.
0: My dad's a con artist, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'm so very good at it. But <laughs> well, I'll say neither is my dad. <laughs> <laughs> but they try. They no, never they, give up. They try real hard. <laughs> good on them. <laughs> They've really got gumption when it comes to being a con artist. So, <laughs> I mean, ultimately,
1: con con artist con man only is is, is short for
0: confidence
1: mm. artist confidence man. Mm. So it's really just about how confidently you can. Sell yeah. something, yeah, you know, absolutely. an idea or a product, or, yeah. you know, philosophy, way of life. Yeah. Um, and but, I, but the thing is, I think once you know how to recognize one, you start to hear these stories and you see, because the, the thing is, though, some confidence people, I really think have actually
0: convinced even themselves of their own bullshit. Oh, for sure. That's why right? so many of them are so good at it, because if yeah. you if you believe it, it's not a lie to you.
1: Yeah, you're not lying
0: to anybody if you truly believe what you're saying it yeah. can come across as super genuine because you yes. believe it's true mm-hmm. exactly yeah. yeah i mean donald trump's
1: a classic example like oh my god yeah. incredible com- confidence man yeah and but it's interesting, though, like i watched some I've watched a lot of documentaries on Donald Trump. I was one of those like weirdly curious and involved non-American people watching all the news.
0: I can't <laughs> Up until he was out sat- about him.
1: Oh, I got like I watched I was so religious about the political satire shows. But while he mm. was in office and yes. literally the like week of the coronation coronation. <laughs> it's not coronation no. there's no kings over there <laughs> please don't please don't give them crowns no no, no 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 no, we don't
0: need that whatever that thing is that they
1: do where the new president comes in yeah now i can't um, think of the word no neither can i but anyway like pretty much as soon as joe biden got in i was like i have not watched one of those shows and i can't
0: i'm like i'm so well I like allergic that, to them yeah well i think like the sad thing is that trump was really good for like content that's the for
1: thing. content,
0: it yeah. was like great for performers, great for comedians, that's great it. for all of that stuff. Yeah, just well, that's I gonna is,
1: I've been watching all these documentaries, and like to his credit, and I don't want to give Trump a lot of credit, but to his credit, he knows how to manipulate media, he knows how to oh tell he's a story, really good at it. yep. He's, and like he knew how to do all of that before the advent of like even really the internet and social media. Like mm-hmm. he knew how to reach out to the media. Um, you know, businesses to so the newspapers to so the magazines and to, oh yeah, just to the television the shows,
0: Central Park Five, right? Yes, like, like he would get four those kids arrested. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And yeah. like,
1: but it was pretty incredible at his. I think part of being a confidence man, but also understanding how that ecosystem worked. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, I think a lot of us think he's a real idiot, and mm-hmm. I think for a large part, it is in certain ways. Yeah, however. I think he's incredibly intelligent when it comes to knowing how to uh, raise a base and he knew how to apply, like, you know, play to those people's
0: deepest, darkest fears. (laughs) That's the thing. It's like, he has a huge lack of morals. Like he doesn't care about he he's a sociopath. Like he doesn't care about anybody else, but like, he can still be good at things. He's still very good. Like, obviously he did a great job. I mean, he to understand how, You yeah. need to
1: understand how he was because you yeah. need to not have that situation like, know again. your know your
0: enemy right <laughs> That's
1: yeah. it Actually yeah. I watched this like random video that came up on my feed yesterday from Sarah Silverman the comedian oh, in I America love her. Yeah and she was saying like imagine if Trump had come out and said everyone wear masks I'm putting on a mask here is my mask and mm-hmm. then he was like the first person who jumped up on television and got the vaccine like on on air and mm-hmm. showed it to everyone And she was talking about, imagine what that would have looked like for the conservatives to like all those people to have like just gone. But then she said, and here's the question that's uncomfortable to ask. Would the other side have then been as quick to get vaccinated? Oh, and I was like, that's a good question. I mean, given his track
0: record, I don't know. Probably
1: not. Right. I think like, I I reckon that we would would have have questioned it a little bit more, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And I was like, oh, because it just makes it not
0: because we believed it to begin with. And we're like, finally, we could have been like, finally, he's actually doing something proper, like doing it the right way.
1: But I think there's also like, I'm not this person, but I'm sure there are people who would have gone, I just can't support anything Trump does. Uh, I just, I can't be a part, like, I can't say that he did something right. Because that goes against every
0: fiber of my being. (laughs) I think it depends on like what you believed in first, if you believed in it first, or if you were waiting for somebody to convince you. Because if you already believed in it, then you're like, okay, I'm still going to do it, but I'm not doing it because he did it. You know, like, or whatever it is. We can tell ourselves whatever we need to tell ourselves to get the job done. Like that's how the human brain works. We can convince ourselves of anything, which is why being a con artist works. Because they can say whatever they need to say to get people to do the things that they need them to do yes it's well and increasingly we like ourselves.
1: yeah and increasingly yeah. like facts are like what am i trying to say here like facts aren't the be all end all like people don't really care about facts more no also like they because care facts, about their
0: line yeah well and facts can be manipulated facts yes. like yes there's something, and not manipulated in necessarily change, but you can find all kinds of different facts. It's the same as statistics, right? Like, yeah, And you can sell them in the way that feels right to you. Yeah, you can find statistics to prove anything. That's what I learned exactly. in university was all we were taught was, not all, but like a big part of <laughs> what, the only thing I was taught now. yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a big thing of like when we are writing papers is you have to be able to argue against your point. So, like, not only are you taught, okay, research all of your stuff, but you also have to know how to argue any side of anything. Yes. And you can, you can write a convincing paper, you can make a convincing argument for or against the exact same topic, sometimes using the exact same information.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why they have debate teams, isn't it? So you build that muscle. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah
0: that's all it is. So interesting. So, um, and all of this being physical. Yeah. has a lot to do with being (laughs) Being active. active. I did start somewhere. I was going somewhere with the whole story about Greg until I got way off topic. Oh yeah. Yeah. Come back. Come back. Um, so him being home and him being like super burnt out and being kind of lazy, which rightfully so I don't use that in a negative term, but, um, it's been challenging for me because I've also found that I'm more tired and I don't know if it's because Mm. I'm picking up on him or it's because of my own stuff that's going on because I was working so hard and had very little boundaries between like I was on such a roll and had built such momentum with working on um the podcast and my other podcast and my business like and I so I would be working like a lot of hours a day but it was really fun and fulfilling for me so I was kind of like I was enjoying being in that kind of group
1: and then yeah. he came
0: home and I was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to make an effort to let's, you know, let's watch a show together tonight or let's sit and talk or whatever it is. So I I stopped working as much or like the same insane hours that I was doing before. Mm. And because I did that, it kind of let me almost realize like, oh, that feels good. Like I do need a balance. And, but it's like, I, I swing the opposite way. Like I'm having a hard time kind of like mm. finding that middle ground. Yeah. And especially when he's being so like, he's staying in bed all day kind of thing. And I'm like, Oh, yeah. that looks really cozy. Okay. I'll just watch one show with you. And then it's like, we're binge watching an entire season of a show and it's like, yes. Oh, I should actually get some work done now. Like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I'm finding it's, interesting. it's hard to be active in the same way that I was when I was by myself.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, it's so interesting.
1: So I, I don't think we've talked about this. I am an anxious attachment type. Have we talked about this?
0: I don't think we have. I think you and I have,
1: like, but not on the podcast. Yes, not on the podcast. So mm-hmm. there's this book called Attached, and it's based on attachment theory, which more so tends to be spoken about in terms of um, parent-child relationships, but is actually completely relevant to, like, intimate relationships. Right. And uh, there's three different types. So there's anxious, which is what I am. Mm -hmm. There's um, secure. And then there's avoidant. Um. And so an anxious attachment type person tends to put a lot of their, how they feel, they'll base how they feel off someone else. Mm -hmm. And I'm a shocker for this because... Like Rory can <laughs> Rory can be tired at the end of the day and just have a face that looks a bit sad or a bit mm-hmm. like worn out and I instantly think it's about me and I'll ask him like five or ten times like, are you okay? Like what did I do? Or like I'll get all the things. Yeah. It's nothing to do with me and yeah. I'm totally uncomfortable because I read any negative anything from him as being like a reflection of our relationship,
0: which ah. is so hard. I would never imagine that, that you would think that way.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, well, And it's it, so like a learned behavior. My mom's yeah. an anxious attachment mm-hmm. type mm-hmm. and I have all these past relationships where I just didn't even like this is part of why I was so excited to do this entire podcast and experiment like adventure because I would put all of my energy into taking on other people's interests and uh, I was just a chameleon. Like yeah. I would just completely start to look and sound and operate like they would. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was, like, even a few years into dating Rory that I don't think he had a strong um things he was interested in. Like, he definitely mm-hmm. had things he was interested in when we met, but then we both kind of got into this, like, little love bubble where we weren't doing a whole heap. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of was like, oh, but who am I? Like, what, are, what am I interested in? And that's when I started to explore. And yeah. I just... It, it came up for me when you were saying the thing about like, oh, when, you know, when Greg's not doing stuff because it's like, oh, um, you know, he's he's kind of taking it easy and like I'm yeah. trying to go at this pace. And it is hard when two people are on different yeah. um, paths like that because it tends to be that like one person's energy will come up to the other person's mm. or, or go down. Like someone's yeah. dragging the energy in one direction or the other. Yeah. So it can be hard to just like forward your head when you've got that around you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. When I really think about it, I think part of it too is, um, because my natural inclination is to be less active and to be
1: Mm. more on
0: the lazy side and more on the, like, that's my safety zone, right? Like that's kind of where I feel most comfortable not pushing myself. Like it takes a lot of energy for me to get to that point where I'm pushing myself consistently and like really taking action, um, And so I think when, what I've kind of noticed with him being like taking this downtime for himself, I almost see it as like, he is giving, because he's giving himself permission to be lazy and take it easy and take care of himself in that way. It also gives me permission to do it. And it's because I'm an obliger and because I'm, I, I feed so much. I'm a highly sensitive person. So I really pick up on the energy from other people. Yes. It's like it gives then gives me permission and I kind of get that feeling of like I have to take full advantage of it mm. and be super duper lazy because it's fully accepted right now because he's really lazy. So it's not ah. somebody being active when I want to be lazy, yeah. somebody else being active and me feeling guilty for being lazy and being, mm. you know, not as active. It's this weird, like there's so many different layers to it. It's crazy.
1: I'm curious to know what you define as being lazy? Um, I because I, I have a very like negative view around the word and like what it means to people, mm-hmm. but I'm curious to know what you you think of it.
0: Yeah, I think generally it's negative. And I think like even me, um, I put that disclaimer in when I talked about Greg being lazy and saying, oh, I don't mean it in a bad way. Because I think that that's yeah. usually how people mean it. Yeah i love being lazy though like for me it's not a bad word Mm. for me being lazy is just like being inactive physically inactive like Mm. so it's pretty tied to physical activity it's very tied to being like to physical right it's very much like just like lazing about activity. being kind of sedentary kind of thing yes absolutely and Mm. like watching a tv show or reading a book or playing a game or whatever Mm. kind of thing like very little social interaction very little physical movement Mm. very little um productivity in a lot of ways like being able to kind of turn my mind and my body off at the same time what kind of like
1: span of time would like how long do you need to be in that state for it to be considered lazy like more than a day? I don't know. I only because when you said that and I'm thinking about like for instance, your kickboxing, your classes are mm-hmm. only like what, 30, 45 minutes?
0: They're 30 minutes, yeah. 30
1: minutes. Yeah. So my thought is like, is it not possible to do both, like to have a 30 minute workout and then be lazy for the rest of the day?
0: It is, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I like, can do that. Sometimes I do how that. Does that feel? But sometimes that's my thing where it's like, and sometimes I do that with hiking, like this weekend I did on mm-hmm. Sunday morning. We went for a big hike and um and I even said in my mind, I'm like, because I've done this already, it was like noon when I got home, I'm like I can be as lazy as I want when I get home right. because I've already checked that box of I've done the thing that would make me feel good and make me feel mm. like I've achieved something today. I, I moved my body, it felt good. Like yes. now I have permission to do whatever I want. Yeah. Which is being lazy, <laughs>
1: you know? Do you know what's interesting? It's like this talk of laziness actually makes me curious to even like us do an experiment on laziness in the future mm-hmm. and like downtime because yeah, it, it's just there's so many things coming up in what you're talking about that are like resonating for yeah. me and like I'm like, oh, what do I believe about this stuff? Yeah. And it makes me really wonder um, what, I don't know if it's laziness that I would use as the word, but even just like what downtime or what mm-hmm. rest looks like you know and not sleeping rest like non-sleeping rest yeah
0: yeah and that's the thing like I think for me I've always kind of really struggled with it because I generally have been a very sedentary person and Mm. because I've gravitated towards like I never did a lot of team sports I never was a gym person I never did a lot of that stuff it wasn't Mm. my comfort zone it wasn't you know I had a lot of anxiety about my body and how I looked I was always tall and bigger than people like I didn't want to stand out. I don't, you know, I want to wear the right clothes and fit in. Like there was so much other societal stuff that was associated Mm. with any physical activity. So I've always gravitated towards, you know, I really enjoy watching movies and TV and reading books and Mm. playing board games and playing computer games and doing stuff where you're not physically active. That's like stuff that I enjoy, but then it's really hard because there's such a negative association with with all of that like from yes. society but also within myself where i'm like oh yeah you know it, it's seen it's looked down on as you know yeah do you know what's I'm interesting not doing anything <laughs> so, so this friend
1: on the weekend who works at this different tech company they work at a gaming company okay. and they're really into like gaming computer gaming like console yeah. gaming uh also just like anime and a whole heap of um different just television movie
0: yeah. stuff right yeah.
1: and i think they're a little bit of an animator themselves as well so like mm. it was so interesting staying with them because i really noticed the passion he shared in his voice when he would talk about anything to do with a show or or, or a movie mm-hmm. and it was as if like i kind of describe it as like when he would talk about it he's not just watching a movie for entertainment it was like for education for, mm-hmm. for like it's part of his passion like he there's be layers like, to it yeah yeah and, and he's connecting like at it the... with other
0: stuff and exactly. how does it fit into the history of it and yeah what are the influence from influences from it and what else is it influencing and all that exactly that. Yeah. even
1: like we played a a, a video game with him it was the first time my daughter had ever played a video game yeah. which Aww. was quite fun to like <laughs> introduce her to yeah and I had to kind of I said to um, to to this guy later. I was like, "What's your thoughts on when you'll introduce your child to gaming? Because you know, there's so much tied up with like video gaming, and it's you know rotting mm-hmm. kids' brains. And increasingly, I'm like, I don't know if that's true because mm. there's a lot of like hand-eye coordination. There's problem solving. There's you know, yeah. there's a lot of different things tied up in it. But anyway, all of that to say that I really observed the way he watches film as being like such a core part of who he is Mm -hmm. and there's zero shame or embarrassment or anything like that that comes up in his voice when he talks about it. He's like fully accepted that that's his passion, it's an interest, and he's going to actively and enjoyably pursue it. Yeah. And for some reason I feel like people like him who are, say, in the gaming world or I've got a cousin who is a film critic, and, oh, cool! and he has been since he was like in primary school like he's just yeah. loved film he knows every director he knows every producer yeah um like they like for some reason because they say oh you know I love film or I love animation mm-hmm. or whatever we give them permission to you know be lazy watch lots of television or whatever yeah. because it's part of that yeah the thing is I think I have as an equal amount of interest in say like story plot lines or something yeah. like that, but it's not as accepted. Right. Does that make sense? It's mm-hmm. like, it, it has to be deemed as being lazy.
0: Like it has to be something that's not well, of indulgent. The only way to legitimize it is like, well, then you mu- you should do something like that for your job and then yes. it will be legitimate. Right. Yeah. It's funny because my nephew uh, he's 15 and he loves gaming. Like he's really big into gaming and it's really developed over the last couple of years. He also does lots of sports; like he's very active. He loves board games; like he's pretty well rounded
1: in that way. What do you mean someone can be multifaceted?
0: I know what. <laughs> <laughs> I don't shine know like a diamond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! So my sister, um, she gets really worried about him because all he wants to do is play these video games and that's Mm. you know he went through a bit of a rough patch at school with kids making fun of him not being able to make friends but through his gaming like he plays online with with kids that he are people that he's met all over the world and they've kind of become his friends a bit which can be a bit of a slippery slope admittedly like it could be pros and cons for sure pros and cons but like with anything not that the people you meet in real life are going to be so legitimate and great right right but um So I think for him, it also gave him this social um, connection that he was looking for, like everything Mm. else. Now, like, I think the downside of the whole gaming thing is the addiction to it. Like, I think it can Mm. be very addictive, just like it can be addictive to watch TV, especially with all the streaming things and just binge and just be like, I'm just going to watch the next episode. It's the same thing. Yeah. with gaming and like that's I think the only thing that really needs to be regulated when you're looking at kids doing stuff like that it's like right. anything you can't do too much of anything yeah. it's not healthy to be well, doing yeah. only one thing all the time if they right? were, like on the flip
1: side if he was only in team sports all day every day you'd be
0: like exactly what are he you trying like- to prove <laughs> exactly like- <laughs> What are you better than me? Listen, you little kid. <laughs> yeah. What are you trying to prove? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who do you think you are? No, <laughs> yeah, but it, it is right. Like, it's like yeah. especially
1: I think for boys, especially high school boys, I mm-hmm. feel like there's a there's a risk of like needing to be the strongest or the fastest or the yep. You know, like it's not a good enough to be middle of the line. I know even exactly. my husband talks about growing up playing rugby and you only ever want to be in the first team. Like yeah. you don't want to be in the rugby seconds. You don't want to be in the rugby thirds. You want to be in the first. Yeah. And if you were any, in anything else, you're always working towards the first. Yeah. And maybe that wasn't true for all of the boys he was playing with, but it was definitely true for him. And it's yeah. like, because you're not at the first, it was like this always this chip on your shoulder that you've got, because it's like, Oh, like I never got there. I wasn't, you're good just enough never or, quite good enough. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of like, yeah. Oh, wait on. Can't we play sports for enjoyment? Like, Mm-hmm. I really feel like that's something that challenges me with the sporting side of things in childhood and adolescence is like there's like so f- seldom are kids told to pursue active things out of enjoyment.
0: Yeah. It's no surprise oh. that we feel the way, the way we do. <laughs> but that's exactly it. It's so true. Like my nephew, he plays hockey and my sister always said she was never going to let him play hockey because hockey is like ice hockey is it's so intense. Mm. Like she's like, I don't want to be a hockey mom. Cause you're giving <laughs> up like your weekends. You're driving yeah. them to practices at like six in the morning.
1: Yeah. They
0: practice like twice a week and then they have games wow. twice a week. And you know, sometimes he was practicing three to four times a week. Like it was crazy for kids. And he mm. is not interested in going into any of the actual leagues like he's not interested in trying to get into the nhl which i mean a lot of kids here are so they go into the more serious ones and then i understand then by all means go to practice every single morning at five in the morning and then go Mm -hmm. right after school like if you're actually trying to you know make some kind of career out of it go for it but for the kids who are just in recreational leagues why would you ever need to go to practice that many times and play that many games and they were scheduling them like on holidays all the stuff like and it was really frowned upon if you didn't go to if you missed any of it yeah and then I think like what is happening this is a recreational league why like they can still build skills even if they have one practice a week and one game a week like absolutely that should be the maximum that anybody's doing because they also have school and school activities and extramural yeah. sports, like after school and other sports that they might be wanting to do, or, you know, an instrument and downtime, like, yeah. you know, oh, that's it. they're crazy. just losing sight of the whole point of it. Not to yeah. mention,
1: uh, this is one of the biggest um, complaints I have about the schooling system in general is and it's in fact why I want to send my kids to the schools I've been looking at. Is they I don't believe in so much homework for one. Mm. I feel like homework's <laughs> a bit bullshit. Yeah. And the schools that I've looked at, there's one in New Zealand called the Green School that I've really liked. To look of and they do not give homework for the first six years yeah. at all. Yeah, at all. Because like, why do primary schoolers need homework? That's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, like
0: what are you doing? Yeah. Oh.
1: And then even in the high school, like the max they get, I think at any time before they finish school is like two hours a day. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's that's what it should be. Like that's I just it should be. I know, there's I know so much. much no, and yeah. I feel like so much of like the homework culture is based on memorizing, which in this day and age mm. is just so ridiculous. Like it's mm-hmm. just so unnecessary. But yeah, going coming back to the sport thing, of like and and everything, like the sports, the the music. Like I was big in musical instruments. And so mm-hmm. I I was in like three bands at one stage. And I mean admittedly yeah. I chose to do that because I was really into it, but they were all, oh, well, one of them was competitive, but really the other ones were purely enjoyment for me. Yeah. I was in two yeah. different bands. That were Like one of them was a jazz band and the other one was a community band. And I just like thoroughly enjoyed being a part of them. Yeah. And that was kind of my my choice to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the other thing is I worry sometimes with the NHL and like the kids like pursuing it is it them or is it their like fathers who didn't get in yeah <laughs> People who were like i think a lot oh, of it comes from star. the
0: kids like a lot of the kids that I <laughs> i'm sure grew i grew up with that. they were like yeah. all they wanted they idolized yeah. the nhl players so much all they wanted to do was be the next wayne gretzky also because right. we lived in edmonton and we grew up when wayne gretzky was on the oilers so it was like
1: right was like
0: everybody loved wayne gretzky all go. the boys wanted to be Rain-
1: Wayne Gretzky. Oh, I mean, I think mean, that's good if they want that. <laughs> yeah, if they want it, yeah, then it's yeah. great, but still. do like- I also see all these, like, sports stars who, I don't, I just, I have a lot of hang-ups about, like, professional athletes and just feeling mm. like, like, if you love it, cool. I suppose, you know, if you, if you love what you do and whatever, but I also feel like you don't have any balance. And, like, yeah. you know, there's so much mental health stuff coming out of the professional athlete world right now, you know, like, mm-hmm. And I kind of feel like that's maybe telling of the situation that they find themselves in in order to be as elite as they are. Like, yeah, they're having to sacrifice things like that.
0: I don't know. I just think, I think, I mean, there's so much to like sports psychology. I mean, there's enough to it. They've got an entire type of psychology for sports (laughs) people, right? So, but I think with that, like, you know, I used to kind of look down because I'm not an active person, so it's really easy for me to like look down on yeah, me Oh, neither, like, sport. oh gosh, yeah, <laughs> you know, like uh, like what do you have to think about or whatever. But it's like, I mean, thinking about it now, it's like the amount of mental fortitude it takes to yeah. push through those difficult physical times and keep going and keep trying and repeatedly do the same action over and over Mm. and over again and work crazy hours and do all that stuff like it takes a lot but it Mm. almost would be that thing of like if you can apply that mental fortitude and that mental ability to push through those things Mm. and apply it to other aspects of your life so that you are a bit more well-rounded and and you know leave the room and and realize that as much as sedentary people need you know you know like um like people who maybe are more in their heads and focused on the cognitive side of things where it's like i get a lot out of watching a show or thinking or daydreaming or writing or doing those things versus being physically active, Mm. you know, as much as for me, it's important to have the balance of physical activity in my life. It's also very important for highly athletic people to have the balance of that cognitive side and like, Mm. and the imagination and the intellectual side and, you know, exploring those avenues as well and appreciating them just as much, which I'm sure would be a different muscle for them to flex. You know yeah
1: well yeah. and I feel like it's kind of I've, I remember I worked for with a woman once one of my clients who was a harp teacher oh cool. and she used to talk about this thing called cross training and not in not the way we think of cross training in the mm. athletic world but more like cross training your brain so like she would go um, flamenco dancing oh. and she would um, like work out, and she'd do these things that actually helped her heart playing in different ways because ah, she was cross training whether yeah. it was her brain or like her muscles to be able to like stay in the position of playing yeah. the harp. Or she did all these different things, and it makes me think just to what you were saying there is, it's like I think the mental um, stimulation or the um, pursuit of you know intellectual brilliance or whatever for someone who maybe is a sports star is like a form of cross-training because inevitably yeah. it will impact on their game in some way shape or form absolutely even if it's just having enough space from it they feel very invigorated to come back yep but yeah I think like that cross-training thing is quite important to well to and keep I think you that well balanced
0: yeah and that's a perfect way to describe I think what I was talking about on the last episode even that for me since I've put that focus on being active and I've Mm. made a point to physically be moving my body, even in those small moments, um, you know, it's, I've, I've found that my mind is much more active. Like I have found that working comes a lot easier, like, yeah. And sitting down and applying my brain because it's like, it's like, everything's just moving a lot faster and I'm able to be a lot more creative than I was before. It's like, I've got this energy Mm. and I, that I really attribute to adding that activity into my life, because I think it's kind of, it's, it has made me a bit more balanced and it has helped me lift up the other, you know, all the mental processes and the creativity and the intellectual pursuits, like it lifts it up and makes it a little bit easier to do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I also think for me, like there's something to be said for getting that energy out of your body, because I feel like too, when it's, and like, I can be a little bit woo sometimes, but like, having that all stored in your body and then you're sitting at a computer and trying to get work out and you're getting antsy or, like, getting up in your head. I feel like it's almost like there's an abundance of energy that needs to be let go. And so, like, you go for a walk and you let it out and you come back and, like, you're kind of, like, I'd almost describe it as, like, being jittery without it, like, being the the true physical, like, jitteriness. But it's, like, you're internally jittery. Like, you need Mm -hmm. to go and, like, work the jitters out so you can come back and just be calm and, you know, bust out what you need to do.
0: I think it's almost that, almost like having a bit of a restless, like being yes. a bit restless, where you're like, yes. okay, I've got to, like, I've got to do something to settle that part of me. And then yeah. I can apply myself in a different way. You know, restless exactly what I was meaning. Yeah. yeah you hit yeah. the nail on the head for yeah. sure. Yeah. <sighs> I think, yeah, it's interesting. And it definitely was an interesting challenge, you know, looking back at this whole experiment of mm. like the irony that, I was not able to, that I wanted to do it because I was feeling so good from kickboxing. And I was like, yes, this is so important. It's helped me so much with everything else. And then the second we started the experiment, I wasn't (laughs) able to kickbox, but that was the challenge in and of itself of like, okay, well, what next? Like, how do you find that? Because you're not going to be able to go kickboxing every single day for the rest of your life. Like that's just not
1: Yes, realistic feasible. so you yeah. need to
0: find the things to put into your toolbox the things that you can depend on the things that you can turn to when you've got a spare minute yeah. or spare five minutes or a spare hour whatever it is like you have to be able to find those things that you can do that will give you that same that same feeling that same feeling like that same level of activity you know are you back to kickboxing yet i will be soon I was going to say that. Being said, I'm super excited to get back to kickboxing. But I
1: mean, that's good because I I think you go within a different perspective, you know, even slightly, you know, Mm -hmm. to kind of what. Actually, here's a question for you: What will you do differently having had this time off? Is there anything you do differently going back to kickboxing?
0: Um, I think that I will. um, I don't think I'll do anything differently necessarily to do with kickboxing, but I think that I will go into it feeling feeling okay with not having to be as intense with it. Like Mm. when I first started it, I was like, I have to do this five days a week and at least, and then work my way up to at least like six days a week and see, you know, maybe I'll do it every day kind of thing. Like it's the only way I can sustain that level Mm. Um, for the time being I wasn't planning on doing it indefinitely in my life but you know for a good chunk she just really intensely attack this this experience yeah um and so I think this has kind of taught me that it's okay if I'm not treating every activity with the same intensity Mm. because each activity has its own purpose in a way yeah you know it's like I really want to still make sure I'm building my muscles, but it's also really important to just stretch. And it's really important to just move and go for a fast hike. It's really important to go for a slow hike. And, you know, like every kind of activity is valuable, you yeah. know, like it doesn't have to be. Cause that was, I think, my preconceived notion with the kickboxing was, Oh crap. How do I, how do I fill that hole with something that's equivalent that's the mm. same as kickboxing. And it's like, well, you can't to fill it with kickboxing. You'd have to do kickboxing, <laughs> you know, like
1: yes. nothing
0: is going to be exactly the same thing to fill it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And you know how we talked about last episode of like looking down on certain things for, you know, oh, it's not as worthy or it's not good enough kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. It's like being able to see the value in everything that even if I'm doing, you know, don't do any one chunk of a half an hour of exercise a day. If I do Mm. six times, take five minutes throughout the day and work my muscles in a certain way, it could be just as valuable. It might Mm -hmm. not be equivalently valuable, but it could be, it's still valuable,
1: you know? Absolutely. So I love that. Yeah. I think for me, it was definitely like, I found activity in different ways than I was expecting. Yeah. Like I initially really set out to do like the walking and that's definitely not turned out the way that I'd hoped purely because I just find it so challenging, as I've said time and time again, with the like the very short amount of daylight and mm-hmm. the fact that it's so rainy and now it's snowed today. Like I just don't see that. I'm I'm not interested in pushing myself to get out there because I actually think the act of like pushing, pushing through to like get yeah. to my walk is detrimental. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but I started doing more like stuff that I could do around the house. Like I, mm. I like, I think about three weeks in a row, I did like one say like 20 to 30 minute session of like raking the leaves in the backyard. Yeah. And I find for one, I found that hugely enjoyable because as a perfectionist, seeing all the leaves come together and having these little clean patches of grass was like chef's kiss. <laughs> um, but it was just, I don't know, I liked the movement of it. It gave and also mm-hmm. like what I was doing it when I was watching the kiddos play in the backyard and it was like a nice way to like pass the time without just like watching yeah. kiddos play and having them ask me a million questions. Like when I was being active, they would just go and like keep themselves entertained. And it was like, yeah. oh, that's, that's quite
0: nice. Yeah, so
1: I like that. And even today, like with the snow and I took the kiddos out and we built a snow person and that was mm-hmm. like really just fun to like, just be doing like squats and like getting up and down and packing the snow yeah. together. And like, I'm starting to acknowledge more, I think, through this experiment what movement I am doing and to count it because yeah. the other thing, too, is I think when you're chasing after little kids all day, you don't acknowledge all of those minutes you spend on your feet chasing or wearing children or whatever. Yeah. Um, and, and then I feel bad for not doing something more traditional, like going for a walk or doing a workout. Exactly. So that was really, I think a big thing that came up for me, this experiment, but then also just as part of being active also, and, and, and acknowledging how busy I've been taking care of kiddos, uh, like kind of better understanding my. Energy levels because mm-hmm. I you know especially like this last weekend I was so burnt out and I had forgotten I had you know I I realized that over the weekend it was the first time I've ever traveled with both the kids oh. like yeah like I'd overnight never... traveling right yeah, yeah yeah like we'd moved house but mm-hmm. we hadn't like packed everything into the car to go and like stay someplace for a night or two we actually went yeah. for two nights. And I was sitting I was packing up the car and I was like, gosh, this is a lot of stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> do we need all of this? But we did. We used yeah. all of it. Yeah. And and yet like weeks before we'd had some parents with their new, you know, like seven month-old baby come over and they'd brought so much stuff and here I was judging them like gosh these first timers <laughs> they got no idea and meanwhile I was like no that's just what it takes to travel with the baby I'd completely forgotten yeah um and so through and you know it was just a good uh reminder for me to go oh it, it takes a lot having mm-hmm. kids it takes a lot to do things with kids and to you know go yeah. and travel and see people and the e- energy e- output is high and they're yep. in unfamiliar environments, so they're asking more questions than normal or they're upset more than normal and I think just understanding my activity levels and also like letting it be okay when I'm like I just need to do nothing yeah like, yeah I need to lie down like yesterday after coming back, I just like lay on the couch all day and yeah. watched just show after show. Fortunately, there was lots of great Netflix stuff that came out over the <laughs> week. So I was like, I got some stuff to catch up on. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was my biggest takeaways from this experiment. I'm really pleased that we did it because it looked very different to what I thought it was going to look yeah. like or what I was, thought I was going to expect of myself. I think for both of us, yeah. it looked exactly opposite
0: of what we thought yeah. it was going to look like. <laughs> it really did. I know. <laughs> like I was super eager about it and you were like dreading it a bit. Yes. I was, I was dreading it a lot. yeah.
1: (laughs) But yeah, it turned out to be really different. And I think it just was lots of challenging of my old beliefs around what um, being active looks like.
0: Well, and I think that that's so important is that acknowledging the activity that we're already doing and by acknowledging it and being aware of it, it also makes it easier to rest because Yes, We don't have that thing holding, like hanging over our heads that, oh, I didn't do my half an hour or my hour of activity. Like, or I didn't go to the gym. It's like, yeah, but you were doing all day. Like you went out and did this and like all of these other things. So you still, still were active and that's okay. Like it's, you still were doing something and it doesn't always look like what we think it's going to look like. And that's okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for telling awesome. me to do it. <laughs> You're welcome. Anytime. I'm fine telling you doing to do things that you don't want to do. <laughs> Wonderful. Like get underneath water that's freezing freezing cold. Yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> just challenge me. I just challenge you. Um, and I'm really excited like we talked about at the beginning of this episode. Like I'm excited for the uncoverings of beliefs and the Mm -hmm. the new awareness to come around this particular experiment as time goes on because I feel like this was just the beginning of a real accepting of my own activity wants and needs and
0: Yeah. yeah awesome yay Well, as always, you guys can find us on Instagram. We are at how to be me again. And I hope that you guys leave some comments. Let us know how your active experiment is going. If you're doing it, I hope you are. Even if it just means that you're just becoming aware of the activity you're already doing. Um, That's a huge part of it. And we, this is our last experiment of the year. We have some, we have a holiday episode coming up for you guys next week. And then we've got two episodes dealing with a new year. So one will be looking back and doing a review of the year that's just happened. And then the last episode of the year is going to be looking forward and how we are going to find out how to be ourselves in 2022. So we <laughs> hope that you join us with all of those fun things and um yeah we'll talk to you next week. Okay bye. Bye. <laughs>